whenever I hear the topic of boundaries come up, I tend to hear women say things like, that seems so selfish, or I was taught to think of others first. It's really hard for me to do that. And that just does not seem like the Christian thing to do. In this episode, we're going to talk about boundaries, what they are, and why setting them is not selfish, but actually essential for self-care and a healthy lifestyle. Before we dive into today's episode, I would like to read a review sent in by Jay Griffs. Jay Griffs writes, I had been searching for a resource on trauma healing as a Christian woman, and I feel it was spirit-led that I happened upon this podcast tonight. Genial has a gentle and engaging voice to share wisdom and truth. I love the Bible study exegesis type style she uses and the reminders of truth she provides. Just what I was looking for and just what my heart needed. Thank you, God. Jay Griffs, I am so glad that God brought you to this podcast. I know his heart for all of us is to experience healing and wholeness. And because he led you to this podcast, I trust and believe that he will continue to guide you each and every step of the way in your trauma healing journey. Thank you for taking the time to send in your review. It really blesses me to be able to use my voice and experience to help people like you in your healing journey. And I hope that this podcast continues to be a blessing to you. Hey, sister friend, welcome to the Shades of Trauma Healing podcast. I'm Jenny L. Taylor, a trauma coach, trauma thriver, and daughter of God, living loved. This space is for you, sisters, who want to begin healing and living fully, but the effects of childhood trauma keeps you stuck, scared, and unfulfilled. I'm so glad you're here. In this podcast, you'll receive trauma education, practical strategies, biblical applications, and motivational tips to support your trauma healing journey. So grab your journal, settle into your favorite spot, and let's get started. Setting healthy boundaries is essential for emotional and physical well-being, but many trauma survivors either never learn how to set healthy boundaries or they learn that their voice and boundaries did not matter because people ignored their voice or violated their personal space as well as other boundaries. When boundary setting is not established in the early part of life, it can follow a person throughout their entire life, affecting how they make decisions, how they interact with people, and how they live and serve. One thing I often see in church circles as I talk about serving is that sometimes people guilt trip others into serving under the guise that they should be doing their bit for God. In some cases, the person would feel so guilty and because they do have a desire to please God and to please other people, they do not evaluate what is being asked of them and even when it is necessary, they do not exercise their no and they go ahead and accept assignments given by people, but these specific assignments may not even be directives from God. Not having healthy boundaries is emotionally and physically exhausting, and I'll go into more details about this shortly. But what also concerns me is that not having healthy boundaries can actually distract you from your purpose. 
If someone is busy doing everything humans ask them to do, where would they find time to do what God actually calls them to do? And let me give you an example of what I mean. Some years ago, I was approached by a leader in my church to serve in one area of ministry. And to be honest, I was happy to be asked. This was a new leader and I wanted to work with him because he was a visionary and I thought it would be a great opportunity for me. I did have boundaries and process around how I served in ministry, but I got caught up in the possibilities and I did not exercise my boundaries. What happened was that when I got asked, I said yes immediately, but later that night I felt so uneasy about the whole conversation and I realized that I didn't exercise my boundary process. Before making ministry decisions, my process was to check in to see if that was where God was calling me to serve. This meant being comfortable with the possibility that people would be disappointed if I said no. And I made a promise to myself that I would not give in to any pressure, man-made pressure around any decision if there was like a timeline or a deadline or so on. The next day, I had to call the leader and fess up. I told him my usual process was to pray for direction and discernment before giving any answer, but I didn't do it this time. I asked if he would give me a week and I would let him know my final decision in seven days. Thankfully, he was understanding and I took the time to seek God. At the end of the week, I got the direction that I was not to take up that role. So... Hat in hand, I went back to the leader and told him my decision. I did feel a bit bad for a little while because I could have avoided the back and forth had I stuck to my process in the first place. The cool thing is, the week after, I was just thinking about church and the various ministries and one particular ministry popped into my mind and I had the thought, I wonder what it would be like to serve in that ministry. That thought stayed with me for the entire week until I went to church. When I went to church, all I could see and think about was this ministry. And at this point in my life, I knew enough to recognize a divine prompting. So I thought I would ask someone in the department what it was like working in this area. The person I needed to talk to was not at church that day, so I just left it. My friends, no joke, the very same week, the lady I wanted to talk to about the department sent me a text asking if I would serve as the director in that ministry. My mind was blown. First of all, I didn't really know anything about the ins and outs of this department. I was just curious about joining the team, but to be asked to be the director, seriously? But I knew God was prompting and if he was leading me to this, he would prepare me for the role. So I said yes. And my two-year term in that department was so life-giving and so mutually beneficial for everybody involved. And this is just one example of why it's important to keep our boundaries around decisions we make, especially when it comes to serving in ministry. 
That's one area. So unhealthy boundaries can also show up in romantic and platonic relationships. This looks like a person who just can't say no to any requests made of them. Some may even feel levels of anxiety just at the thought that someone would not be happy or they would be disappointed with them if they do not say yes and do what is asked. Before I go any further, I don't want to assume that as you listen, you know what I mean when I talk about boundaries. So let's define and clarify this a little bit. Generally, a boundary is a clear line that marks where one thing ends and where another begins. It is also what someone will or will not do in any given situation. In relationships, personal boundaries include rules and limits people set for themselves, and boundaries are mostly driven by someone's values and the things that matter to them. When someone has healthy boundaries, they can say no to people when they want or need to, but they are not closed off. They can still be open and be okay with intimacy in close relationships. We'll now look at the different types of boundaries. There are different categories. There's the physical, emotional, there are sexual boundaries, time boundaries. With physical, this is like, who would you let into your personal space? Or how much of yourself would you extend into other people's spaces? In terms of emotional, how and what would you share with other people and what would you allow other people to say to you or share to you? I've seen over the years that hurt people can often trauma dump on other people, leaving the person with emotional triggers and stress about what they've heard. As an emotional boundary, you get to decide what you would hear, how much, when, and all the details around what you accept into your mind. Sexual boundaries is probably self-explanatory. What are your values in this area? How do they inform your actions and your behavior with other people? Time boundaries. If you value time with your family, for example, a boundary could be set around not working late so that you don't miss dinner with your loved ones. Time boundaries could be around how much time you spend on social media. Boundaries can be healthy, like I mentioned, being able to say no and being open to intimate or close relationships, but boundaries can also be rigid. In such cases where people have rigid boundaries, they tend to be closed off to relationships. They don't ask for help. They guard personal information strictly or keep people at a distance. They tend to engage a lot in small talk, but it never really goes any deeper than that. Besides healthy and rigid boundaries, there are also porous boundaries. People with porous boundaries tend to overshare information. There's no filter. When you hear the term TMI, this is where it comes in. These people find it difficult to say no to others as well. They get over-involved in other people's problems and they tend to over-function in relationships, not allowing people to do what they are responsible for. And they often accept abuse and disrespect and there is also a fear of rejection if they do not do what other people ask. From these descriptions, you can probably see why rigid and porous boundaries are not the best for personal flourishing. 
Yes, we are social creatures and a person who builds walls to keep people out also keep themselves in. And this makes it difficult to benefit from the growth and the healing that comes with social interactions and close relationships. Of course, depending on the type of trauma someone experienced, having rigid or strict boundaries may seem like the safest play and it can work to keep people from experiencing further hurt. However, there are ways to heal from past trauma so that a person can feel safe enough to begin taking small steps to develop healthier boundaries and eventually get into the practice of letting safe people in so they can get to know others and experience fellowship and social interactions on a deeper level. Someone with porous boundaries, on the other hand, like I said, they leave themselves open to abuse and rejection. This is usually done when they jump too deeply or too quickly into new relationships without even evaluating if the other person is safe or how much is appropriate to share of themselves. The fear of rejection is what drives this. It causes people to give so much of themselves, wanting to belong, having that space where they feel welcomed. That is what drives the person to over-engage in relationships. But the thing is, people with porous boundaries, they give so much of themselves, they end up feeling depleted and empty and still longing to feel accepted and loved. The cost of setting or having rigid and porous boundaries is quite high. And it's an encouragement to look at setting healthy boundaries because this is the most loving and compassionate option that someone can choose for themselves and for their healing. So to answer the question, is it selfish to set boundaries? No, it is not. The key is to set healthy boundaries in a healthy way. And most people have a mix of boundaries depending on the situations. Some may have rivet boundaries at work or porous boundaries in their family of origin, but healthy boundaries with friends. You can look at the different types of boundaries and evaluate the different circles in your life and notice which boundaries apply to which areas and where needs to be firmed up or where needs to be loosened a bit. As Christian women, I know our desire is to imitate Christ. And yes, I'm going to go there. Jesus exercised boundaries. When he was pressed by crowds of people asking for healing in Luke 5, 15 and 16, Jesus withdrew. He took himself away. This was his choice. Jesus also had time boundaries. He often took quiet time to pray and communicate with his father while he was on mission. One more, Jesus guarded against porous boundaries. He did not trust blindly. John 2, 23 to 25 says, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many people began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature for he knew what was in each person's heart. In this scenario, it tells us that Jesus knew the hearts of people and these particular people were not trustworthy. It was not safe to trust them. So he exercised emotional boundaries. If Jesus can exercise boundaries, what about us? 
Here are some practical ways that setting healthy boundaries will benefit you. First of all, you can start building greater self-esteem as you learn to value yourself, your time, your energy, and your space. And by doing this, you would teach other people how to value what is important to you as well. And healthy boundaries can help you get clear on who you are, what you want, your values and your belief systems. When you know who you are, you will know what you will accept in your life and what you will not. And this can help you protect yourself from people and situations that could hurt you or from others who may want to take advantage of you. And it gives you an idea or a plan of how to interact with other people. Another thing I like about healthy boundaries is it allows you to have time and energy to express your needs and helps you focus on your well-being. We are called to steward everything God created. We are called to do this well, and this includes ourselves. Good boundaries improves your mental health and emotional well-being. You will spend less mental space worrying about things that you cannot control or influence and you won't continue to beat yourself up or feel guilty about saying no. You can learn not to worry about what other people think of you or how you can please everyone all the time because that just isn't possible. Healthy boundaries would help you avoid burnout because you won't be running everywhere doing more than you are physically and emotionally capable of doing. You will have time to rest and reflect and regroup before going back into work, into life or into service. Healthy boundaries will also help you develop independence. You will learn that you don't have to be dependent on other people's opinions before you make your choices. You have the Holy Spirit to guide you and this is so freeing. Another thing is that you will gain a greater sense of identity when you become clear on what you like and you don't like, what your values are, what type of people you enjoy being around, people who would respect you and you would also learn to respect other people's boundaries as well. Relationships on the whole will become healthier and those that were unhealthy will either pivot or drop off. If you're concerned that you will not be serving others if you take time to focus on yourself, this is not necessarily true. If all someone does is talk about themselves and meeting their own needs, fulfilling their own desires, then yes, this is heading into the selfish zone. And this is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is caring for yourself in a way that supports your healing, your emotional development and growth so that you can be of service to others in a healthy and a grounded way. There are times when serving others will require that we sacrifice our time, our comfort or resources, and this is what would happen on a needs-based scenario. This is Christ-like, and this is applicable in specific situations. You will know when this applies and when this does not. There is a difference between this and being someone who people use, abuse, and take advantage of because you just can't say no by exercising healthy boundaries. 
We are all daughters of God. We are royalty. Our body is God's temple. And we get to care for ourselves in a way that respects and honors God's creation. And this is the whole point of setting healthy boundaries. Setting boundaries can be challenging, especially if it's new and you're now getting into the practice of it. We don't want to live in isolation. And if someone has a history of poor boundaries, when they begin setting healthy boundaries, the people in their lives would not be used to it because they're used to things being a certain way. When someone takes a step towards establishing healthier boundaries, it can be met with resistance and sometimes hostility from other people because this is a change for them just as much as it's a change for you. But this is no reason to stay with unhealthy boundaries. You need to have a healthier life, a more fulfilling life that reflects who you are from a healthy space. So it will take a bit of time. You may need to put up with some challenges in your relationships, but stick with it. People will learn, people will grow, and those who love and care for you will adjust and change. Those who had ulterior motives will probably drop off or the relationship would change, and that's okay. This is part of learning and growth. If you recognize that you do need to firm up your boundaries, then go for it. Start in areas of the least resistance. Start slow and take small steps. It could be relationships where there is a minimal risk or impact because of your new boundaries. And starting generally, this could be, for example, with a store clerk, someone who tries to get you to purchase something that you don't need. Instead of feeling that pressure to say yes or guilty if you don't, practice exercising your no in a kind yet a firm way and just walk away. Reinforce your decision and notice that you will survive this. I can compare my life before firming up my boundaries and my life now. And I can tell you, I definitely prefer this version. It feels more congruent with who I am as a child of God. And along the way, I had to learn to see myself the way God sees me. And that gave me the freedom to love myself and recognize that I do need to care for my entire being in the way that I interact with others, how I use my time, my energy, and how I nurture my emotional health. None of this kept me from serving. Yes, there were seasons where I had to serve less because I needed to take time out and have space to heal and care for the emotions and the issues that God was bringing up. But that only strengthened me for the call and the purpose that God placed into my life and the season that he was calling me into next. How about you? Where do you need to establish or strengthen your boundaries? If you came to this podcast thinking setting boundaries was selfish, has anything you heard today caused you to have even the tiniest shift in your perspective? I would love to hear from you as always. So you can write in, send me an email or join me over in the Facebook group and share your thoughts. I'll see you next week, my sister friend. If this podcast encouraged, inspired, or taught you something, do share it with another sister friend who needs support in her healing journey. I would also love for you to go to Apple Podcast right now and leave a review for the show. 
Thanks for listening. I'm cheering for your healing. Until next week, breathe and be blessed.